welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, it's awesome to have you on, and I get to share another cool story today. I love doing these podcasts, and uh, today we head to Sydney in Australia uh, to catch up with Jackie Foley, who's uh, originally from Seattle, Washington. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting chat, and we'll find out exactly how Jackie ended up in Australia and uh, the triathlon scene down under. But uh, that's coming up in just a moment. Don't forget as well that if you'd like to support the Cone Edge and help us uh, keep the lights on, all you need to do is head over to theconeedge.com forward slash support and by becoming a patron, uh, you stand in line to win a half Iron Man entry. All you need to do is text the word Iron Man to 44222 and I'll send you all the details for every dollar you pledge. You get one entry into the draw and we give away one of those half Iron Man entries every single month. It's valued at $350. So make sure you uh, are in it to win it because that's the only way that you can win. So that's uh, the next draw coming up pretty soon. And uh, yeah, before we uh, touch base with Jackie, let's find out what's happening in the coach's corner. This is the coach's corner, and it's time to chat some coaching. If you need some help uh, to get faster, or if you want to get stronger, we've got access to a network of triathlon coaches around the globe that are more than willing to help you out. All you have to do is head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. If you own a coaching business or if you're a coach yourself and you'd like to get uh, a bit of uh, airtime here on the podcast, all you have to do is head over to that same URL, scroll down to the bottom, all the details are there. It's theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. We head to Sydney, Australia. Jackie Foley joins us now. Jackie, welcome onto the Cone Edge. Hello, Brad. It's good to have good to have you on. That's that's an American accent uh, that's been transplanted into Sydney, Australia. How did that happen? Um, my husband's job. We um, a few years ago decided we wanted to move abroad, and he got the company to transfer him positions to Singapore. Actually, um, and we spent a couple years there. And then about 18 months ago, um, he transferred to the Sydney office. And loving, loving life in Australia? We do. We really like the lifestyle here. The weather's nice, being originally from Seattle. Get a bit more sun here. And it's a, it's a pretty, pretty decent triathlon sort of scene in, in Sydney as well. There's a, quite, quite, a, quite a nice group of, of triathletes and a, a big triathlon scene. Um, yeah, you definitely are not alone heading out for your long bike rides. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I head out alone, and then everyone else is out there. So yeah, it's absolutely, good. Jackie. As far as your athletic prowess, where did where did your sort of athletic uh, ability stem from? Have you always been active? Uh, I mean, as a, as a kid, were you were you pretty active? I was. Um, I grew up as a swimmer. That was my primary sport. Um, I tried some ball sports and was not good with the hand eye coordination thing. Um, so narrowed it down to being solo um, focus on swimming. Through high school and college, I went to a Division One school. It's so funny you say that you you tried the ball sport thing and it didn't work. I've got a, a very good friend of mine, actually, actually a business partner who who is a very good triathlon coach, and and he reckons that mm-hmm. if you were never a swimmer, 
you've got a much better chance becoming a good swimmer as an adult if you played ball sports as a kid just for that hand-eye coordination. So I find, oh. that, find that pretty interesting that you, you said you were, were, were not good at... I mean, what sort of, what sort of ball sports did you, did you give a bash to? Um... I didn't. I didn't make it past t-ball. Oh, really? I, was, I was. I was that bad. <laughs> That's brilliant. And swimming. I mean, obviously, it, it filters through to triathlon. But did you did you achieve everything you wanted to in swimming, and and then moved on to a different sport, or, or what was the deal? Did you just get burnt out? Have enough? What was the story? I think it was because I loved swimming so much and still enjoyed it. I kept finding ways to switch things up. So I swam. Um, I went to the University of Nevada, and I swam for. Um, for them for four years for my eligibility. Um, and after that, I also, I took up running. We had started doing running a lot for dry land, training for swimming. And I enjoyed that. Got in, did, did, did a marathon just because I had never <laughs> even done a half marathon. Um, and I, you know, and I just, I just loved endurance sports. Okay. Uh, I- my husband, he, Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, from a swimming perspective, was it were you were you a long distance swimmer, or did you specialize in the shorter stuff? Uh, Two hundred backstroke was my bread and butter. Um, I went to the U.S. Olympic trials in two thousand in the two hundred backstroke, so I so I got to a pretty high level of swimming. Um, so a lot of time dedication there, and I, but I came from a distance program in high school, so I did a lot of yardage, so it translated well into doing Ironman races with long distance. You were going to say your husband, is he into endurance sport as well? <laughs> he does do triathlons. Um, he just really enjoyed bike riding. So he was the one that bought me my first road bike and you know made me tag along riding with him. So once I voluntarily started running, it kind of all came together. Everyone said, you know, you got to try a triathlon. <laughs> how, how long ago did you do your first one? It was 2006, so it was a long time ago, and it was a sprint. I did it. I hated it. Was never going to do another one. <laughs> Isn't that always the story? Yeah. <laughs> what did you hate about it? I think I just thought it was hard. It was, you know, I, I knew nothing. I didn't have a wetsuit. It was cold enough for a wetsuit swim, but as a swim right, I felt weird having a wetsuit. And I actually took the time. I dried off completely in T1. You know, just put like a tank top and some shorts on. I didn't have any fancy anything, and did the bike ride. You know, and then I, and I was like, it's just hard doing all three at once. <laughs> and and that's I think sometimes what it, what attracts people to the sport is the the difficulty. I mean, everyone struggles in that first one. The first one is a is a baptism by fire. It doesn't matter what distance you do. You think halfway through you're going, why am I doing this? It sucks, but uh, yeah. it, it it does get better, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. So it took convincing. I had a friend convince me to do a 70.3 race the next summer. And those, so that was, um, in, huh? Those longer ones are, as much as they're probably physically harder, the intensity is not as high. So it's, you, you, can, you can enjoy it a bit more. That, that's just been my experience. I don't know if you, you felt the same. You do. You, you, you know, you, you don't feel like you're supposed to be rushing transition as fast. And um, that, I, the one I did... It wasn't an official Ironman race at the time. It was the Big Kahuna in Santa Cruz, California, which is now an Ironman 70.3 race. Um, and it was just, it was pretty scenery. It was nice being there. And I was more proud of myself for doing it Is that where the, than I was just is, is that where the bug really bit for you? 
Um, I definitely enjoyed that race and walked away being like, I might do another one. Um, at that time, I was, I was married and we were living in Reno, Nevada, and we moved up to Seattle um, that next year. And so with the move, I wasn't thinking triathlons or anything, and it was a master swim coach convinced me I needed to do another triathlon. And that's when I really was like, okay, I like doing these. I'm going to do, do at least one every summer. When, when did you realize you were pretty good at it? Um, around the time we moved to Seattle, I, um, that first 70.3, I went like five hours, 12 minutes, but I didn't know what a good time was. And it was that same master swim coach. She had been a Kona qualifier several times. And she looked at me, she's like, that's a good time. (laughs) You're pretty good at this. (laughs) And then, and then making the step up to full that, that's always a a, a huge jump. I mean, you, you mentioned running a marathon before, before doing a half marathon. I I don't know anybody who's ever done that. So, (laughs) so that's a first you you must, you must like the challenge of, of, of biting off a bit more than, than most people can chew. Tell me about the thinking process to doing your first. And when did you do your first? Um, so I did it after we were living in Singapore, after the kids were born. Um, I did Ironman Malaysia in 2015. Um, and a lot of that had to do with timing. I had been working full-time when we lived in the U.S., and I had quit my job to follow my husband to Singapore. And so I wasn't working, which gave me – and the kids then were both in preschool. So it gave me actual time to train for a full Ironman and properly give it, give it the time it deserved. Um, so that was a lot of part of make be feeling like I could make the leap and give it my full effort. I, I love that, and and uh, I mean, as a as a mom, I think a lot of moms have the the sort of guilt of of going out to train as opposed to being a mom. Is it something you you've struggled with? Definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I want to cram as much as I can in to the school day while they're gone, and have everything done. So I'm there for them when they're not in school and they're home. And I've really, and I've had to get over the guilt of a long Saturday morning ride. How do you get over that guilt? It's daddy time. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I, you know, I've just kind of, I'm with them every other moment. So I still wake up early. Um, Some of my training has been still waking up early and doing two hours on the training trainer while it's still dark and then switching and finishing the long ride outside. So I'm, I'm done by noon. Okay. Do you know that you're condemning them to doing Ironman later on in their lives? You are aware of that, aren't you? Yes, because they, <laughs> they talk about it and they think it's something that that's what you do. <laughs> I, I, I joke about that, but it's so true. And, and I don't think parents actually realize the impact they have on their kids. I, I grew up in an ultra running uh, household. My, dad, my dad's done lots of ultras. And I grew up wanting two ultras. And, and my first sort of experience in, in ultra sports was an ultra marathon. So, uh, yeah. I always seem normal, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, why wouldn't you run 56Ks? I mean, that's just, uh, that is normal. So, yeah, I find that. And, and the girls, are, I'm, I'm guessing, are pretty active themselves. Uh, I mean, you keep them, you keep them pretty busy sporty. Yeah, we do organized swimming three times a week. Um, one of it is just racing. We found an um, amateur swim club here in our neighborhood. It's actually in our neighborhood, and it's fun. I can get in and race races too. Oh, cool. Oh. You know, so they'll do 25s and 50s, and I'll do whatever the longest events are or everything. Do, do, <laughs> it's do let, just fun. Do you let them win? Um, I've never actually been in a heat against them. My husband jumped in once, and that was when I learned 
my daughter got breaststroke from him because I'm not a breaststroker. And he, he actually beat me in a breaststroke and it killed me. <laughs> <laughs> your, com- your competitive spirit? Where, where did that come from? I mean, have you got siblings? Did you grow up in a, in a household with brothers and sisters? Or, or where did that? Was that just from the, the swimming and, yes. and the high school swimming? Um, probably a combination. I'm in the middle of five kids, so I probably was competitive as a sibling. And then you do train yourself to be competitive when you're doing a sport <laughs> at a high level. Yeah. Are you are you still very competitive, particularly when it comes to to triathlon and Ironman? Do you hate losing? I do hate losing. Um, I find myself, if I train with someone else, I'll naturally kind of just start to race them, especially in the pool. <laughs> I love that. When uh, that that first Ironman that you did in Malaysia, t- tell me about it. How did it go? Was it did it go according to expectation, time wise, splits? Can you remember what you did? Um. I can. So it was a non-wetsuit swim, and I was about a 55 on the swim. Um, And that was good. It was my first, being my first Ironman, I obviously didn't want to kill myself at the beginning, not knowing what a long day was going to feel like. Um, And I had a coach giving me good advice at the time and not to go too hard on the bike. So I really was kind of watching the pacing not to go out too hard. Um, and I, I was good. I, I stayed consistent and um, I was winning my age group and I knew I was. So that was giving me some confidence. Um, I went into the run. I remember feeling flat, but it was hot. And so other people were being affected by the heat. I think it hit 40 degrees wow. during the marathon. Yeah. That, and that, <laughs> that's, not, that's not Fahrenheit, I'm guessing. That's centigrade. That, that, yes. Wow, see, that's incredible. I actually can't wrap my head around that. How hard is it coming from a swimming background to hold yourself back on that swim, knowing that that is your sort of wheelhouse and, and you could almost do it to the eyes closed? Uh, do, you have, do you find yourself really reining yourself in or, or not really? I'm guessing that the Kona Edge is not the only podcast you listen to. If you're anything like me, you probably listen to a ton of different podcasts. I think at the moment I have uh, 10 or 15 go-tos that I listen to every single week. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts, at some stage you've probably thought about starting your own. Well, the good news is it's easier than you think. Thepodcastingacademy.com is giving you the opportunity to get your own podcast started right now. The Podcasting Academy is a 21-day step-by-step online program that will get you from zero to podcast in just three weeks. Right now, the thepodcastingacademy.com is offering listeners of the Kona Edge a 25% discount. All you need to do is use the word Kona at checkout to qualify. Head over to the thepodcastingacademy.com to find out more. Because I kind of, I'll go out and try to find my space at the beginning. Um, but it, the swim, I don't think it takes more out of me than it does somebody going, you know, an hour 10 who doesn't have a swim background. Um, I, I do try not to overly kick and save the legs a bit and use the arms. But once I find clean water and a good rhythm, I'm not killing myself on the swim. All right. As far as that first one, you, you said you were in the lead. Did you win your age group that, that year in Malaysia? I did, yes. Did, did you take the slot? I did take the slot. So that was my qualifying race for Kona, yes. Was that the goal? Um, did you go in there wanting to, to win and, and, and get a slot for the Big Island? 
I did. My plan was to do one Ironman, qualify for Kona, and then go to Kona and then be done with Ironman. <laughs> How's that worked out, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have not done an Ironman since Kona. Um, so that was just the 2016 Kona is where I had competed. Um, I have toned it down a notch where my husband, he just did Challenge Raw. Oh, so it was cool. kind of, he was taking the long weekends. But I left Kona feeling like I wasn't done. I have more in me. Isn't that so always... now that his Ironman is over, I'll probably start revving up and picking a race. Isn't that so often the case, though, particularly with a race like Ironman? If you're racing a sprint, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy to have the perfect race, but the, the variables are a lot less. On, on a, a, an Ironman distance race, so much can go right, but so much can go wrong on the same, on the same day. And you never, you never quite walk away feeling, even, even that race in Malaysia, I'm sure if you look back on it, you, there's things that you could have done differently and, and changed and, and improved and tweaked. And, and I, yeah. I, I think that's mm-hmm. how you get sucked into this thing, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you have, you know, my races have varied from about 10 and a half hours up to 10.50. So I've actually been, I was pretty consistent, but still you have that much time for so many things to happen, for good or for bad, mm. so, so winning your age group, you still walk away with this and this and this still went wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tell me, tell me why you left Kona feeling that there's there's some unfinished business there. Um, some of it was it was my you know, I feel pretty young to full Ironman, having, um, I I did three, I did Ironman Australia just to gain experience in the middle, but they were all within one year of each other. And I hadn't really been in the mix with those top elite from around the world. And you're there and you're seeing kind of what they're doing. And you just think I can do more. If they can do it, I can do it too. You know, it, <laughs> it's like it, these, you know, there were still 14 other girls the same age as me who beat me. Yeah. So there's still more. <laughs> it, it's interesting you say that because I, I get the sense from you that you're not one because, and I think it might come from the swimming background, that you're not one to be intimidated. That it's, you, you don't get to a race, look around and go, gee, look at all these racing snakes. I don't belong here. You, you're pretty confident. I, um, I get that sense in your own skin and your own ability. And knowing <laughs> that you, 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 you probably could go faster more than, more than specific things that went wrong in a race. You just know that you can do better and, and that's what drives you. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I had my chain fall off at Kona, but that's, you know, a couple minutes. Mm. But I look at the overall, and I think, you know, if I if I keep putting in the bike time and I keep putting in the run time, those times should be going down a little bit, you yeah. know? I should have a little more left in me. T- tell me about your experience on the Big Island as a, as a race and, and as an event and, and just as the experience. I thought it was great. I mean, it's really exciting, but everybody's serious. No one's there to goof off. But I find in the full Ironman distance, more than any other distance, everybody's very friendly. It is a great environment, you know, isn't it? It is. It is. Everyone's proud of each other for being out there and doing their best. Where I, the shorter distance, I, I think you get a little more... People don't seem to talk to you as much sometimes because they're, very, because they're competitive and they want to win and they look at you like competition. <laughs> But look, in the full distance, I feel there's more support. Look, looking at the sport as a as a whole, and and some of the the people competing now, who who do you sort of look up to and and think is like? I mean, they're at the top of the game. They're incredible. When I'm big one day, I want to be just like them. <laughs> oh, that's a hard question. Um, I you know I I really admire those that 
like you see the professionals and the ones that are out there taking the time to do autographs and pictures and are still very humble to their fans. Um, you know, like Jan Ferdino, we saw out on one of our training rides. I was with a buddy of mine, and he was so ha happy to have a photo with us when we saw him on the side of the road and stopped and asked. Um, and yet, I saw Michelle Jones out there with her Olympic gold medal um, in the expo area. And, you know, she was so, you know, you want to hold it, you can try it on, let's take a photo with it. And I just admire, you know, those athletes that are just, they love the sport and they want to give back to the sport. What what's still left for you to achieve in the world of Ironman? What what do you if when you I know you said you were going to do one and then Kona and then call it quits, but that's not going to happen. We know that. But when you do, <laughs> when you do eventually hang up the running shoes and the bike and what if you look back on your your Ironman career, what do you want to have achieved? I think I want to end feeling happy with it, and that I feel like I was I pushed to my full capacity. You know, I finished and there was absolutely nothing left in my body to give. And I can't put a certain time on that because, you know, every year I'm getting older and it might be the same time, you know, the next round at Kona, but I'll have felt like, wow, there wasn't, there's nothing left in the tank for Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Tell me about but how because you... Because I can't control anyone else, you know, you can't put a place or a time necessarily on it. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me how you balance everything, uh, being a wife, being a mom, having to do what you need to do and, and those sort of responsibilities and, and having a husband who's also into endurance stuff. I mean, that, that must be pretty tough. How do, you, how do you balance life and training and family life and everything? Yeah, um, that's a good question. <laughs> a lot of early mornings. I, I, I wake up early for a morning workout every day. I mean, I have the school time, but I think for the distance – for Ironman, I also need to be doing something before they go to before they wake up, essentially. Um, so right now, I take a couple mornings a week where I get to go do a swim or run something outside the house, and then my husband has a few mornings a week where he gets to leave the house. And the mornings he leaves the house, I do a trainer ride. Um, so that's you know, and I'll try to use the trainer ride time to do more intensity and intervals on the bike. And then during the school hours, I can do a second workout with a swim or run or weightlifting. Okay. As far as qualifying for Kona, I know you haven't been around sort of Ironman and, and, and Kona that long, but what do you think is the secret to, to qualifying to race on the big island? I think um, there's two things. One is... For the answer to that question and more premium Kona Edge content, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support and stand in line to win an entry into a half Ironman event every single month, valued at $350. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash support. As far as gear and setup, are you are you big into gadgets? What's uh, I mean, are, are you do you love the? Is that one thing you love about triathlon, or have you not been sucked into that yet? <laughs> no, you, you know, my first marathon, I didn't even like. I didn't own a Garmin or anything. Um, my husband's the one that'll buy me the fancy watch, or he'll buy it for him, <laughs> and then he'll pass it on to me. Um, I don't have any bike computer or anything. I've just had the Garmin, so I know the pace. Um, and I've done some training with some wrist heart rate, so I kind of have an idea. But when I've done 
done my Ironman, I've literally just kind of known what time I'm at and pace I'm going and nothing more. Do you think people so, take... So I've been pretty simple. Do, do you think people get too caught up on, on the, the, the gadget side and the numbers side and, and living and dying by those numbers and forgetting how to race on, on feel? I, I, I think so. I think you have to know you have to know some feel. I mean, because your body responds different every day too. And um, going into the race, you can't just rely on numbers. You have to know, is my body feeling more broken down? Do I need more rest? Or do I not need, you know, as much rest going into this race? And those are things you have to learn by feel that a gadget can't tell you. Do you think the swimming's helped you with that? Because, uh, I mean, they, they aren't too many gadgets that you can, I mean, yes, you can use a watch and it's going to tell you how, how much you've swum and stroke rate and that sort of thing. But you know how you're feeling physically in, in, in the pool and, and especially over a prolonged period of time of, of hard training, you know when to push, when to back off. Do you think that's really helped you? Um, I think it has because it does. It does take some trial and error with knowing I've pushed my boundary too far. You know, even post-swimming, um, doing some running, I had, you know, the days where I couldn't get out of bed or I was too sore or, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm starting to feel a little bit injured because I pushed it too hard. And I needed a rest day. Biggest mistake you've made triathlon-wise? Oh. You know, I've had lots of little errors that have slowly come together. You know, be, you know, I started, you know, my first sprint in 2006. So I, I was very um, slow to embrace doing lots of triathlons, which gave, has given me lots of time for errors. Um, I started off not eating a lot in training and things too. I've had lots of being out on a bike ride and completely bonking because I, I, I didn't want to, I would want to be healthy. So I wouldn't want to pack a bunch of gels and sugary things. And I kind of had to learn that you got to do them for long rides. You mm. have to eat some of the convenient foods. That's, that's interesting that, uh, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of triathletes end up doing that, that it's a case of they, particularly, and, and I'm guilty of this because I'm, I'm probably mm -hmm. on the heavier side when it, when it comes to, to triathletes, is, is wanting to get the balance right of, of not eating too much uh, and, and losing weight and, and being lean, but not fueling right for, for these long training sessions. I mean, that's a, a real struggle, mm -hmm. that. And uh, I, I mean, is that, is that anything that you've ever, ever struggled with or, or not particularly? Um, it is, especially when I jumped up to the full Ironman distance, because I mean, that makes a difference in surviving a long workout is getting the nutrition in mm. and making sure you're eating. Um, you know, so I really had to consciously think I need to get up and eat, you know, a, a decent sized breakfast before I head out for the bike ride. And I need to make sure I pack with me and have some money in case I need to stop and buy more. And I started doing... Um, all calories in my water bottles and not just not just water <laughs> yeah it, it's quite a i don't want to say it's scientific but they, you've got to you've got to think this thing through particularly when you get to the long ones you can't just wing it you you've got to plan this thing and then i asked you about the balance but it, your training you've got to plan and 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 really be be sort of serious about that have, have you got help on on the training or you are you self-coached have you got a coach um i had a coach uh for the going into my first iron man and 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 I I knew I needed that. I'd never done an Ironman. I hadn't jumped up to the distance. I needed some advice. Um, and we cut ties shortly after I moved to Sydney. Just it it just was it, the relationship wasn't working out once I had moved. Um, but I took away a, a lot of good advice from my coach, and it was needed. And um, 
you know that it, and and I think it's good to make sure you're at least asking the questions or finding somebody a training buddy or a coach mm. to help guide you when you're starting off in triathlon or jumping up distances you you've obviously through your coaching uh, your swimming career as well had had coaches along the way there as well what what yeah. what do you look for in a in, in your opinion what makes a good coach and what do you look for in a coach what do you respond to um i think there just needs to be some mutual respect um i am someone who is going to go all out in a workout and this was you know we talked about finding the balance with the fatigue and when you needed rest and when i was in high school I would sometimes put too much into workouts and, you know, I was sick and I was still showing up to the point I was sleeping through my alarm because I was so fatigued, you know, and I, it was the coach telling me, you know, it's okay. You need to back off a little bit. <laughs> um, so, so I think for me, I want to be able to fully trust my coach and I want to be able to trust the workouts completely. And in return, he's going to have to trust me too, that I'm doing the workouts. And um, I struggled a little bit in the Ironman because swimming like i saw my coach every single day you know he was there giving me a workout and he saw that i was working hard in the workout and once you do the triathlon coaching a lot of the workouts are giving off given online and so you only see your coach every so often when you maybe do a bike ride together or a swim workout together um so you really have to gain trust yeah. and that's i think the biggest thing all right, fantastic. Well, Jackie, I look forward to chatting about uh, the individual disciplines, the swim, bike, the run, and we'll chat some more nutrition as well at another time, but we'll save that uh, for next week. Thank you for your time today. All right, thanks, Brad. And that's it for this edition of the Code Edge. Before we go, another five-star iTunes review. Keep them coming. Thank you so much, uh, if you have left us one if you haven't uh yeah i'd really appreciate it if you do it just helps us get in front of more and more people and uh today it comes from uh, petroland man uh, saying a very informative podcast on triathlon it's the best podcast i found that has great information for serious age group athletes thank you very much petroland man uh thank you for your itunes review it is hugely appreciated until next time from myself brad brown it's cheers we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.